Blog Talk Radio. Hey there, everybody. Time for another edition of Parenting Your Challenging Child. Dr. Ross Green here, joined by uh, my co-host, Jennifer Trethway. And um, what's your name out there in Kansas? <laughs> Our Stella? other co-host, Stella Hastings. Is she, is she here? <laughs> I know she was I getting headphones. I'm here. Hi, good morning. I'm just having headphone issues. <laughs> good morning. Um, well, if those are the only issues you're having right now, then we will consider you lucky huh, absolutely. during these unsettling <laughs> times. Um, uh, here we are again. Another, another Tuesday, the first Tuesday of the month, another edition of Parenting Your Challenging Child. Um, I'm actually going to change the name of the program to Parenting Your Child with Concerning Behaviors because um, I don't want to call them challenging child anymore. They just have concerning <laughs> behaviors. So I hope people will be able to adjust to the name change. We have a lot of um, email in the queue to respond to, but we also have a caller on the line with us already. So we Callers always take priority on this program. Before we take the call, let me let all of our listeners know that the call-in number is 347-994-2981, and I think you have to press 1 to get into the program. But in the meantime, we have a caller from area code 215, which looks like the area of the vicinity of the city of Philadelphia, uh, here we go. Area code 215. You, as soon as the technology works, are on the air. How are you today? Hi there. I'm uh, I'm doing well. My my phone number was um, was from Philly a while ago. Um, so I have an eight year old son and a six year old daughter, and we have been um, applying Plan B techniques for quite some time. My son is. Um, fairly explosive. Um, we are, he also is impulsive, hyperactive. He checks a lot of the uh, lagging skills on the um, ALSEP. I guess I'm pronouncing that correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, you know, we've been, we've had some successes, although it's, it's very, it's been very slow going. Um, and since the pandemic really, um, one of the biggest challenges our family has faced is with the kids being around each other a lot. Um, my eight-year-old boy has been essentially picking on his sister um, for most of the day from pretty much the moment he wakes up. Even if she's asleep, he's still, um, he name calls even when she's not in the room. Um, he, he blames her for a lot of things. Um, in his life, he's, he finds her annoying and um, has a lot of difficulty um, just forgiving and moving on. So we kind of... Um, you know, tried, we've been work, focusing on really unclumping and getting to, so I'm, I'm going to get very specific with, even though we have a lot of unsolved problems, um, mm-hmm. we decided that we wanted to start at the beginning of the day because that's when um, 
things begin. My son gets up a good deal earlier than my daughter. Usually he wakes up by five and is downstairs um, <laughs> by six. And my daughter sleeps a little bit later. And um, when my daughter comes into the room, he had been he has been um, greeting her with a name call immediately. Um, they range, you know, hi, bad girl, for example. Um, but, you know, just starting off the day up, upsetting her and, and set, you know, kind of setting us on a, a, a cascade of, of negative interactions. And so um, we, we originally had the unsolved problem as difficulty when sister walks into the kitchen in the morning, but um, felt like we needed to add difficulty doing what. Um, and so we modified that to greeting difficulty greeting sister appropriately. Now, I would be okay if he just didn't greet her at all, but since he, he does tend to choose to greet her um, just with inappropriate greetings, we felt like, uh, and I say we, my, my husband and I, um, felt like it would make sense to have an expectation um, laid out so that he understood what, what the expectation was. And so the expectation is that he says, hello, he doesn't have to say her actual name. He can just say hello or he can say her actual name but not um, a name call. Um, and so we have talked this through. We've gone through the empathy step with him a, a number of times, um, and, and we're, we're still not making progress. I can list out some of his concerns and some of mine. Um, so he please feels do. angry. Oh, sorry. Oh, okay. No, um, said, please do. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, he feels angry at her for things that she's done in the past. And again, there's a lagging skill there of forgiveness and moving on. He, he remembers things that she's done long in the past and still is upset about even very minor things. Um, and he also um, blames her for things that have nothing to do with her. If he stubs his toe, he will immediately call her name and, and say, why did you do that to me? Even if she's not even there. Um, so we are working on, you know, trying to build his confidence. You know, there, there's a lot of other things that are, you know, that are going on with him, um, you know, long term that we're that we're working on. But we're really trying to at least solve, you know, solve this one <laughs> targeted problem. He also um, another of his concerns is that um, he he recognizes that he has gotten into a pattern. So we have been doing plan B stuff long enough that he, he can articulate, even though he's eight, he, because we spend a lot of time talking about these things, emotional intelligence, you know, he, he can articulate well things that are, that are going on. Um, and so he has recognized that he has a pattern and when he gets into a pattern, he has um, difficulty not repeating that, that pattern. And unfortunately, I guess we've not, solved this problem for long enough that it, it is definitely a behavioral pattern for him. And he said that he is trying to stop, but doesn't know how to do that and, and isn't able to call on um, skills that we, you know, have been working with him. My concerns are that this makes his sister upset. Um, it starts our day off on the wrong foot. It makes me frustrated and upset. And I, and I do believe that overall the, the, the consistent name calling um, does have, is, is having long-term impacts on, on his sister's, you know, just kind of overall sense of peace with herself and just like, you know, her development. So it, it's a significant concern and he does care about her. He, he struggles with empathy at times, especially when he's dysregulated, but I, but I know he doesn't, he doesn't want her to, 
be upset. And it's just in the moment he's he's dysregulated and and has we and and the the, the problem that we're having is that we we lay out these concerns, but we have really really struggled to come up with solutions. Wow. Okay. So. <laughs> Um, thank you for that excellent summary. Um, I just want to make sure I'm clear on his concerns. Number one, okay. he is naming various offenses that she has committed previously mm-hmm. um, that he seems to have had difficulty forgiving her for, or at least that he hasn't gotten past yet, or whatever. Um, and I will what say that some of those are repeated Oh, um, yeah. to to add on that one, the, a lot of them are repeated things. She do, she does things that he finds annoying, and I don't I don't believe that all of the time she's doing them to antagonize him. He does. He you know he believes that he, she's intentionally singing songs that annoy him, and sometimes she is, yeah. and sometimes she's not. Yeah. Um, but it, they're repeated things, so it's it's not just that she did one thing a year ago and he's still angry about it. It's you know these are things that continue to happen. Uh, for him. The other two are that he, he has, so these are ones that are more, you know, I think him doing a good job of recognizing what's going on with him. But the, the second one is that he's in a, he's gotten into a pattern with it and he, he recognizes that he can get into patterns and it's, it's like what he, he goes to because he's so used to doing things that way. Um, and then and has the he third said that? one. Yes. He so that said that explicitly. That yeah, it, he he feels like it's a pattern for him. And then um, the third one is he says he tries to stop. He says he's trying. Um, and I and I don't know if he feels frustrated that he's. But he when I try to talk to him about what he's doing, what um, strategies he's employing to try, he he's not giving me any. And when I suggest things to to try he's um he tends to balk at at those say that they won't work got it okay um so i mean that's i don't um it's a tough one but it sounds solvable as they all do um <laughs> your concerns sound spot on his concerns make a great deal of sense um, if you feel like you have got all of his concerns on the table, tell me a little bit about what seems to be the impediment to coming up with solutions um, between you both. I think that the biggest impediment is that the concerns, the, the heart of the concerns are lagging skills. And so I think it's harder to, because we've had some success with some plan B's when there have been kind of environmental strategies that we could employ, um, you know, like kind of externalities in some sense, but the, mm-hmm. this feels like it's an internal struggle within him. And so I don't, I don't know how to, help him not feel angry with her. If, if his concern is that he feels angry at her. And so when he sees her, he wants to call her a name. 
I, I don't know how to address that concern. Yep. Well, um, here's the interesting thing about that. Just because an expectation that a child is having difficulty meeting might trace back to a lagging skill doesn't mean that that's an unsolvable problem. Let me give you an example. This has come up recently in some work that I'm doing with some educators in British Columbia. Um, I'm bad in math, always have been, and regrettably, at this point, probably always will be. Um, So way back in the day, um, the approach to that was to make me get better at the skill of math. Well, that didn't work. Um, The reason this came up is because in a workshop that I was doing last week, an educator asked, doesn't the skill need to be taught for the problem to be solved? The answer is no. Um, What if I was just permitted to use a calculator? Because generally speaking, doing math by hand is a somewhat obsolete skill at this point. Would I have learned the skill? Would the problem potentially be solved? Yes. So the mere fact that your child's lacking skills and that those may be contributing to an unsolved problem doesn't mean he has to learn those skills for the problem to be solved. So, I, so what, you're, what you're left with, I, I would not let the lagging skill piece influence you very much at all. All that you're really influencing you are the concerns your son has entered in consideration on this unsolved problem. And let's see if I can remember them. One is that his sister has done things that uh, bothered him in the past and he hasn't let it go and it's repetitive. Another Mm -hmm. is that, um, you know, let's just, another is that he's in a habit of greeting her in a way that isn't particularly pleasant. I don't remember the other two. Um, um, the only other what, one was just that he's trying to stop. He's trying to stop, sure which I actually wouldn't call a concern. Okay. And the interesting thing is he, he's trying to stop, but if you don't have a strategy, what this is saying is, as usual, Simply trying harder is seldom a good solution, right? So that's, right. that's what that basically <laughs> said, right? Um, mm-hmm. So what you don't want to do, just a few pointers here. Don't try to address all of his concerns in the same invitation step. Ask him, before you enter the invitation, which of his concerns is most important, which of his concerns is getting in the way the most, Right? Uh-huh. Let's say, just for the sake of example, he says, well, I think that it's the habit part, right? I just, now when I see her, I just say stuff kind of like, you know, it's what I'm used to saying. All right. Uh-huh. So your concern is that now you're in the habit of saying things that are unkind to your sister the minute you see her. Um, and you're having, and, and that's your, it's hard for you to help that. My concern is that it hurts her feelings. 
when you say unkind things to her and doesn't make, help her feel safe in our family. Now the invitation. wonder if there's a way for us to help you with this habit that you have of automatically saying unkind things to your sister when you see her and also make sure that her feelings aren't hurt and that she feels safe in our family. Um, That's what the invitation would sound like. Now, does he need the skill for us to address the concerns of both parties? My answer would be absolutely not. Um, I'd be very interested to hear potential solutions on that. He might say, well, I, I don't know what to say instead. That's solvable. And by the way, not only is that solvable, it would actually be teaching him a new skill in the solving of the problem, right? Because whatever new phrase is, good morning, sister, that might serve him well in other times when he has trouble knowing what to say to somebody when he first sees them in the beginning of the day. All of this adding up? Yeah, we have, I mean, so we did make the suggestion of what to say. I think that I would welcome other ideas for solutions um, to kind of maybe get us started and, you know, give us something to think about. Well, My brain was jogged by the, like, that idea of, like, maybe just saying something silly instead of saying hello, but yeah. 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 I mean, one thing that we can always consider is, well, what, what do most people say when they see somebody first thing in the morning, right? What's, what's the norm? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's another solution, and that is uh, it's not required that you see your sister in the morning. We can see if we can make it so that you two don't have to see each other. The only thing is it would be hard to maintain that across the course of the day, But if that is a particularly difficult time for him to see his sister, maybe he's cranky when he wakes up in the morning. Maybe it's in the morning that he's ruminating about all of her past transgressions. Maybe they could stay away from each other in the morning. Um, There's another potential solution. Um, I bet he's going to have more ideas too, but you know who I'm going to turn to here also because we haven't heard from them in the first 18 minutes of the program? Um, (laughs) Jennifer, and uh, any other thoughts to help out this mom? My first thought is that your son at eight sounds really in tune and in touch with um, with his own uh, realizations, and I think that that's a really beautiful starting point for him and for you as a family um, going forward in these conversations. So. That was the first thing that struck me. Um, And I, you know, personally, I would offer up silly greetings, um, you know, a a la Friends episodes, like a high fart face or something, you know, just something ridiculous, you know, and that Mm -hmm. she can also, she can also then have a a rebuttal for him. Um, But, yeah, I think, Having those suggestions ready to go during the invitation step would be fantastic. And involve your daughter too, I think, in this in the suggestions. You know, like if 
if you see your sister first thing in the morning, um, if you have to, um, sister, what, what are some of the greetings that you would be okay with that aren't the typical, hey, good morning, sister, but that, that you feel like you could, you could accept jovially and not take mm-hmm. personally. So that's, you know, the more of those that you kind of have up your sleeve to offer and make the invitation step fun and truly collaborative with, with every member of the family, you, you, might, you might end up finding your way to a new habit for him. That's my, that's, that's my offering. Mm-hmm. Thank There's you. Stella's two cents. Mom, what do you think of that? And then we'll have Jennifer weigh in. Yeah, I think it's a great idea to get her get sister involved because she may she may have some ideas as well. I I haven't I don't like to involve her in in like a lot of the plan B discussions with him cuz she she is a dysregulating factor for him and as as you all know the plan B works best when they're not I think if you call it hot and <laughs> he gets hot mm-hmm. when she's around, but yeah. I think if we were if we were being silly about it and you know it was after we had gone through the empathy step and and kind of had gotten to the invitation um i like that and as you were saying this i started to have more ideas like um maybe having a little card with some like a little sheet of paper that says to kind of remind him like what to say um like the visual cue could be helpful and thank you for your comment about his um his abilities to to look inside and see what's going on we i think that some of that is due to our, you know, working with this approach for, for some time now. I think it's helped him quite a bit. Yeah. You know, one of In the very of first, one of the first um, aspects of Dr. Green's teachings that struck me back years ago um, was, you know, challenging children. Or what, what is it that you're changing the name to, Dr. Green? Kids with Concerning Behaviors. Kids with concerning behaviors don't always demonstrate concerning behaviors. Look for when they are not demonstrating concerning behaviors and start collecting those moments so mm-hmm. that you can help them to see that they're not concerning all the time. It's just when these situations pop up that they don't have the <clears throat> skills to deal with. So that really helped me keep in perspective that, it wasn't horrible all the time, <laughs> um, and mm-hmm. I started I started pointing the the good things out more often than not, so that my son could see that I saw the good stuff too. Yeah, we try hard to do that, especially with the um, he's diagnosed with ADHD, so he gets a lot of correction throughout the day, and so we try mm-hmm. to balance that number of positive comments, you know, to try to make those greater, and then we have a gratitude practice at bedtime where we really just try to tell them, both of the children, you know, a whole bunch of things that we are proud of them um, for, through, you know, for that day, which is also helpful to me as a parent because, like you're saying, we, we have a lot of challenges, and so it's easy to get down and, and frustrated, and it's kind of nice to finish the day Absolutely. feeling positive Good. and reminding myself of all the wonderful things that they that they have done. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Jennifer, do you want to weigh in here? Sure. Um, what really struck me when I was listening to you 
was when you were talking about how he digs up these past transgressions that to you don't seem like they're big things um, and probably to her don't seem like they're big things, but to him they're enormous. Um, I only have one kid, but he, for a very long time, everything had to be somebody's fault. I mean, even things that it would never occur to you to assign fault to, he -hmm. found a way to make it someone else's fault. And it was like a knee-jerk reaction when something would happen. I'd say, how did the paper towels get into the living room? It must have been daddy. It wasn't me. I mean, just immediately. Uh And I said, well, I wasn't even asking. I was just wondering why they were in the living room. I don't care who brought them there. I just wondered why. Is there something that, you know, needs to be cleaned up? But he, he was... It was a a defense mechanism for him Um, before somebody blames me, I'm going to shift it to someone else. Mm -hmm. And the, the more that we had conversations and and it took a lot of, of conversations where it was, remember, I'm not angry about this. I just want us to find a way to make it better. Mm-hmm. Um, that made a, it, it took, you know, it took a lot of, of it, it was a lot of trust building, but eventually he was able to not have that immediate knee jerk reaction of, I have to shift this to someone else lands on me. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that may not be what what's happening with your son, but I I know that that's something that has been common with a lot of kids, mine included. Um, and the other thing that I was thinking when Stella was talking about involving your daughter in it, and I think Stella, correct me if I'm wrong, but I can remember you talking on a another show a long time ago. Uh, about uh, Plan B that involved both of your sons where you talked yes. to one and wrote things down and then went and <laughs> talked to the other one and wrote things down and then went back yes. so that they didn't have to actually talk to each other, yes. but you were the go-between between them so yes. that you could work it out without them getting each other riled up in the process. Yes. exactly. Yes, I did do that several times, and it worked. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So if the if having the two siblings in the same room um, raises both of their blood pressure, but especially your son's, and makes him feel, you know, already kind of in a defensive, serve as a mediator and just collect their their statements and go room to room. It was mm-hmm. actually really fun. <laughs> they really liked it too because <laughs> they usually did plan Bs with each other with me sitting in the, you know, uh, in between them at the table. And I guess that got kind of old, but it, yeah, <laughs> we were able, we were able to solve several, several problems with, with my uh, quasi attorney style <laughs> mediation. 
Thanks for remembering that, Jennifer. <laughs> That's awesome. That was a long time ago. Yeah. So, Mom, have we left you off better than we found you? Yeah, I I think so. I think it's um I think my takeaways are to cut down to just one um one specific concern of his that he that he thinks yes. is making it the hardest. Um and then we'll talk about if the actual greeting her by saying, you know, hello and saying her name is part of what's hard if we can like shift to something maybe silly or a code name or a joke or something like that. And that, I guess that's a starting point of a conversation of some ideas that maybe he will pivot off of and we can find a solution to try. Um, I, we did have one solution we tried one time, which was he, he's, he gets excited to see her when he has something to show her. And so we tried to come up with things for him to show her, but that, that didn't have a durability. It kind of worked no, a little right. bit, but then it felt manufactured and he's too smart for that. <laughs> he's, a, he's a very, right. both of very intelligent kid. So, so yeah, this uh, is how this you're is always long-lasting. You're always welcome to call back in and let us know how this goes. Um, so feel free and we appreciate you okay. calling in today. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye. So uh, we have another caller, this one from the Jacksonville, Florida area, my home state, not where I live anymore, but um, Jacksonville, (laughs) Florida area. Who knows? This could be your cell phone. You may not even live there anymore. You're on the air. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, and I am actually in St. Augustine, so I am still in Florida. Close Um, enough. Yes. So, first of all, I just want to say thank you for offering this to, for free to us parents that are struggling. I really appreciate it. Um, so, I have a six-year-old daughter. And, Sounds like you have a um, dog, too, huh? That's not my no, dog. That's my so. dog. Stella, <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, uh, um Jennifer, put your dog on mute. Um, okay, Mom, sorry about that. Go ahead. <laughs> um, my dog may start barking soon, so we'll see. Um, so, I, you know, we've recently started Plan B, and I have a six-year-old daughter, and um, I sort of had a realization yesterday. Our, our recent Plan B discussion was about getting out the door for school by 8.15, and we had some good solutions for that of, you know, getting her clothes out the night before and going to bed earlier and things. It wasn't, you know, some days are better than others. It's been about a week. Um, and yesterday she she was just taking a long time. And I sort of realized whenever I something's really important to me or if I'm like hurry up or we've got to get going, that seems to be her cue to just sort of slow down. <laughs> and um, I, I sort of realized, like, my concerns weren't necessarily the concerns I brought up in our conversation of, you know, the value of being on time or being disruptive to the class if you're late. But it was more about, like, feeling disrespected. And I'm wondering if that is a concern that's just sort of, 
something I have to figure out on my own or it's part of my lens shift or if that is a concern to to discuss with her. Um, I guess that's the question, but, but just trying to it's understand that question. aspect of it. Well, it's I'm an sorry. interesting question because um, in some ways, well, maybe you're right that she slows down when you remind her. Could be that there's something about being reminded that makes her hard, makes it harder for her to meet the expectation. So though you may be feeling disrespected, um, that's not her intent. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm want, what I'm projecting forward into is what that would sound like in the invitation wonder if there's a way for us to do something about um, ba 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 whatever your daughter's concerns are related to having difficulty meeting that expectation, and also help me feel respected. Mm-hmm. And I just don't, I don't know that that's going to take you far, right? Um, mm-hmm. So it might be that your original concerns are better, even though you may be feeling disrespected, Um, I might go back to plan B and this would be a different unsolved problem. By the way, the take home message here is the fact that you are having middling success with whatever solution you're running with tells me that that solution isn't working that well and that you probably have to revisit plan B anyways. Right. But it could also be that in the context of talking about solutions, possibly in the invitation step, you can say, or, or even in the empathy step, you can say when you revisit this because the solution isn't working that well anyhow and you reminding her isn't working that well anyhow. You could say to her, and I think I've noticed that me reminding you doesn't seem to help. Can you tell me more about how my reminding you isn't helping? Um, and she might say, well, it makes, I don't know, I, I, I can pretty much, I don't, I've never met you or your daughter. I think it's highly <laughs> unlikely she's going to say, well, when you remind me, my inclination is to uh, demonstrate a show of disrespect because <laughs> we didn't <laughs> I don't, you're not going to hear that. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. And I'm not, I'm not being dismissive here of your subjective feelings of being disrespected. I'm just right. saying I can think of a whole bunch of other reasons, and we haven't heard it from her yet because I don't think that this has been the line of inquiry. I can think of a whole right. bunch of reasons why you reminding her might be making her go, go slower than the fact that she's disrespecting you. Am I making sense? Yeah. It, well, it does. That does make sense, and I, hmm, I have to think about it. But it does seem like a common denominator in a lot of our unsolved problems. Uh, uh, this issue of respect, you know, like if she's not going to say thank you or not do a proper goodbye or whatever it is, and so 
I'm just wondering if it has more to do with like pressure. Like she feels pressure. She doesn't like to be pressured. So she's like, no. There's only one person who can give you the answer to that question. There's only one person who can give you the answer and that's her. Uh, (laughs) What I sometimes see parents doing is using the word disrespect as a bit of a proxy for all kinds of other things that could be going on. Um, Mm -hmm. You don't want to do that. Uh, Let's find out. Let's get the information from the horse's mouth. You may find out that, in fact, I'm betting that you find out that this isn't about disrespect at all. But let me get way in here again from Stella and Jennifer. What what do you both think? Well, one thing that you said that um, became a critical part of my journey through practicing the CPS model was um, I realized that my concern, that I, I, I needed to reword my concern. I'm, I'm paraphrasing terribly, but you alluded to that, correct? Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So, so I, I had a similar sort of um, epiphany through a couple of uh, plan B conversations with my son that just were not getting solved, and the problem was just not <laughs> getting better. Um, and one of the ways that I came to um, uh, to to being able to understand his point of view was to actually have him initiate the Plan B conversation with my unsolved problem, which was mm-hmm. let's if I if I make it like um, you know like if maybe you prompt your daughter with with something like I, I noticed that when I don't move quickly enough in the morning, that you that you interpret that as as me being disrespectful. What's up with that? <laughs> you know, something. You know, mm-hmm. word it word it better than what I just did. Don't don't give me an X, Doctor Green. Um, and and then <laughs> and and then that would give you the chance to hear her empathize with you. And um, and she probably won't know to drill down. So you could you could ask her, like, mm-hmm. is there anything more that you're curious about what I just said? You know, because I think I could say some more stuff. And, and so that's, that's one way that I was able to turn the tables a little bit and have mm-hmm. him hear, hear me. Um, for what I was interpreting, um, and that just expanded the conversations. Okay. So you kind of give her a prompt of, like, what you think she might say. Yeah. And actually, I got to the point with a couple of these turned around plan Bs that I I would tell him, um, I, I want you to plan B me on this, issue because you obviously are having a hard time with how I'm approaching you. So something I'm doing is getting in your way. So what, what is it that sets you off that I do? And then I'd, I'd have him point out my, be, my, you know, my behavior and my lagging skill. And we mm-hmm. would start from there. So um, that, you know, my son um, from the very beginning of, of me reading the explosive child I had that book out 
in the house, and he would he, he would engage with it. Um, and especially after we got a copy of um, Stretchmore, The Adventures of Stretchmore. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you if you know that book. Um, he, and he and I went through several of the you know pick your ending scenarios. Um, so he understood the the recipe of the the Plan B conversation very very well. Um, we did it all the time. <laughs> so um, yeah. So, okay, I like I, that. Yeah, I think that uh, might work. It helped me to to reword my concerns in a way that he could actually think about how to solve them. Mm-hmm. Jennifer? Um, <clears throat> I am thinking about part of your question from the very beginning when you said, is this just part of my lens change? And I think that Dr. Green started to say something about, you know, he hears parents say using the idea of disrespect when it's something different at the root. Um, In my house, your disrespecting me was sort of code for you're not doing what I'm telling you to do because I told you to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. And that <laughs> that's not something that you can solve with your kid. That's something that you need to solve with you. If mm-hmm. that's if that's where it is, if that's mm-hmm. where that feeling is coming from, then that's a question of sort of plan being yourself. I notice you're having trouble with you, uh, <laughs> with with that feeling. Uh, but it's a it's 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 sort of letting go of that power struggle. Um, because that's really that's really where that's rooted. Um, are you on Facebook? Yes. Are you part of the B team? I did just join that. Yes. Okay. Awesome. All right. Welcome. There's, there's, <laughs> yes. Thank Welcome you. to the B team. Um, <laughs> there's you. another group that is an offshoot of that that is all team members and it's called plan B yourself and Mm. you have to be a B team member to join that and it's specifically just to talk about how to sort of change pieces in your brain like that how to how to plan B yourself around some of the stumbling blocks that are keeping you from what we call plan A and plan B close (laughs) Mm -hmm. when you think that you're doing plan B, but you're really just trying to get your kid to come around to doing what you want them to do. Right. So, and you know, that, that may not be what's, what's happening, but I think that a lot of times when I hear people talk about disrespect, that it's, it's rooted in a power struggle and it's within the parent's, 
own head that they need to sort of figure out where their stumbling block is. Right. That no, was my I think thought. Is, I think that's probably a a key piece here. <laughs> yeah. So, Mom, um, we are about to run out of time. Um, yes. So I hope what you just heard was helpful. We really Very appreciate you calling in, and you can call in anytime you want. We're here every month except <laughs> over the summer. So if you feel like it, let us know how things are going. Um, yes. Once again, we appreciate you calling in. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. You bet. Stella and Jennifer. That's going to do it for today. Uh, Jennifer, thank you for muting your dog. I I wish that my dog had a mute button, but she doesn't. But we're going to call it a day for today. But don't worry, everybody. We'll be back next month. Jennifer and Stella, thank you as always. Thanks, Dr. Thank you. Take care. Bye.